All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, buddies, welcome to the podcast today as we are, uh, we're all together without one of us on a Wednesday. Uh, we're not all together. It is a Wednesday. We're all together. There you see it. The, uh, well, the Redster, yeah, he's just got his lights off. Yeah, yeah. the Redster is, uh, you know what? Blackout might not be the worst description for Red after uh, night one in Nashville. I do wonder. Yeah, I do wonder. Now, has he been... You said on the show yesterday, you showed how active he was on social media. Has he similarly been uh, active again? In typical red fashion, very, very open to suggestions and always looking to be better, but then also forgetting within 12 hours. So he did indeed tweet a bunch from the Leafs game Mm -hmm, and his private jet from Buffalo, but radio silence since um, the Leafs game. Yeah. So we have to re-remind him. And see, the good thing about, you know, doing this, digitally in the pod and podcasting you can do it from anywhere oh yeah you can yes, do it from your phone you can do it from just about anywhere is nashville anywhere like that's that would qualify nashville somewhere as anywhere so somewhere would be anywhere yeah they do have the internet there uh we've been our yeah. cell phones worked there would yeah. be wi-fi and cellular towers uh ample data i'm sure to yeah i know when we were there we did we did stuff as far Some as of us did more yeah. than others. Some of us did more than others. <laughs> Some of us did less the next day because how much we did the day before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of Nashville, uh, congrats yeah. to the Predators for uh, finding some gap, some distance between them and the Calgary Flames with a 2-1 win over the uh, Detroit Red Wings yesterday and the uh, Flames doing it. Gap. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, yeah. they were kind of, you know, lockstep there. And you, they get yeah, two and Flames get one, so now it's okay. That's right. a pretty nice thing when you can start to get younger and tear down a little, and then your young guys come in and you get on a heater. Yeah. And it's not like, ah, this is going to take us from fourth overall to seventh, but like into the playoffs maybe. I was wondering if we should just run Afterburner as this show today. What we should do. I, I, we slept on it. Like you said, well, let's sleep on it and see how you feel in the morning. Oh, yeah. We need to rewatch um, the tape and come up with some new hot takes. I don't know that I've got a whole lot more for you. People liked the, the Afterburner last the night day. as well. It critically acclaimed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, what we'll do is we'll give it a strong recommendation. If you want to shake your fist and get angry and relive a overtime loss in the desert, do head to wherever you catch your podcasts and or shows, be that YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Yeah. And check out Afterburn from last night. It will it will still be fresh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not, before not the game so. Thursday against Vegas. It will not be dated necessarily. I think all of the opinions expressed in that podcast will still be very valid. Uh, flames lose in... Arizona by a score of four to three in overtime. They led one nothing, then trailed two one. They tied it, <laughs> then trailed, then tied it, and then lost in the extra frame. As there, there's a lot of things that have dogged this team over the course of the year. Maybe I mean, it's, their their record in extra time. Is oh, it's dog shit. Yeah. Ab- abhorrent is that uh, abhorrent? Yes. Abhorrent. It was. They've played 15 overtime games. Well, they've played more than that, but three games ended in overtime. Fair enough. And That's, then yeah. five went to the shootout. They're yeah. two and three in the shootout, which is like, hey, that feels like a coin toss, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But of the games that actually ended this, uh, in the three-on-three five-minute session. They won four of them. Yeah. F- there were 15 winners of overtime <laughs> games in- involving the Flames four times. The Calgary Flames came out on top. Uh, did they have a, a really good chance in overtime? No, they didn't touch the puck in overtime. No, I didn't think so. I know they didn't get a shot. Yeah. They touched the puck enough time for Kadri to turn it over once. Because that happens sometimes. It's three out three. It comes down this way, and then whoa, almost in. Yeah. But then you know because it's so close that it's an odd man the other way, and then there's the goal. But at least if you could have just scored there, they didn't really. Uh, Arizona was very content to reload and change. I think we saw about three to four of those, um, including a 90-second opening shift where they had the Flames unable to change. Whatever. I mean, look, the if, if Michelli and Clayton Keller are going to be far and away better than your best players... Like, the shot clock did not tell the story. Scoring chances were almost a saw-off, and he didn't get a shot in overtime, so you deserve to lose. That is, uh, again, of the uh, of the stories that, that we'll talk about for this season. The shot clock... The shot clock connected to the number of actual scoring chances. We've maybe not seen... I, I, I can't think of a team... I can't either. In the years that I've watched hockey that has had that much success in getting pucks to the net, but generating so few scoring chances yeah. comparably. And and I I think we've seen both. So, like, the Boston game is a great example. They, they get to 50 shots. They got a ton of scoring chances. Now, that's not to say Boston's at their best. Their second half of back-to-back is not really what we're talking about. Yeah. But there have been nights where they've shelled opponents and created a ton of chances and lost, and usually because of shitty goaltending at their end. But there's been more 
games where they have high volume and generate very little yeah. and outshoot by 10, 15, 20 shots. But really in the shots that matter, AKA, you know, scoring chances, high dangers, expected goals, they're not that far ahead at all, if ahead at all. Because we, we always, you've heard us use the word or the phrase, the Christopher Gibson. Yes. Because yeah. it was years and years ago, there was a game in town and it was the Islanders mm -hmm. and Christopher Gibson was in net. And he was probably their third stringer, I'm guessing, if at not that fourth, point, if yeah. not fourth. And he made a ton of saves, and a ton of them were high-quality chances. He stood on his head. It was I've not seen a lot of his career since. I'm willing to bet that's still the best game he's played in the National Hockey League. So to be Christopher Gibson means you have a bunch of shots and a bunch of great scoring chances, but you got out goaltender. The goaltender mm -hmm. beat you that night. That has not been the case this year. I mean, there have been some there have been some goalies that have made a lot of saves, yeah, but yeah. it's been more or less a routine effort. Allmark was very good in that. Yeah, Boston and game. and Jake Allen, they lost both to the yes. Habs. It was very good in at least one of those two. I remember the one in Calgary in December. He was phenomenal, and th th it has happened. But that happens to every team in yeah. the league. What what doesn't happen to most teams in the league is you know ten games against meh goalies where they feel forty shots and really aren't tested and get wins. That's and here's the Christopher Gibson. For, uh, this is uh, courtesy the Canadian press, March 11, 2018. Uh, so like it was almost yesterday. five yeah. years ago. Yeah. In fact, uh, five years and four days ago. Christopher Gibson makes 50 saves. Islanders beat <laughs> Flames to halt losing streak. 50. Fucking 50. <laughs> uh, to snap an eight-game losing skid. So the Isles were, you know, ripe for the picking. So, but yeah, there have been a lot of goaltenders, and not to say it was. So, what was the forty-two saves? Right? Is that what it was? Jesus Christ! Forty-two yeah. saves for Connor Ingram. Not an overtime. And and really, it was just kind of a tidy effort for him. He, he made a couple saves be, at the end of regulation, yeah. but until then, there really wasn't a lot of work. Didn't have to be spectacular. Nope. And there are a bunch of goalies that played the Flames and left the rink with a thirty. 40 save night a 925 to 950 type thing because they really didn't generate enough yeah. high danger and that's been a major problem for this team uh more often than well we just really outchanced them and the goalie was hot there's been more of what you're talking about than the Olmarks and allens and so I feel yeah. bad because we've sat here, Rhett included, we've sold you a bill of goods here over the last little bit that if they can get on a heater and if things come around, if the goaltending gets better, if they can get the power play going, if they can get some help on the out-of-town scoreboard, all this all this stuff, and at the end of the day, none of it matters because they couldn't take care of their own business. They And they haven't been able to get on a heater. They, they have not had three consecutive wins since early December. Three times in the, the year 2023. We're deep into that. Yeah, January, yeah. February, March. We're two and a half months in. Three times they've managed to put consecutive wins together. Yeah. That's it. And there's some teams in this league that have gone on nice little winning streaks, four or five games in a row. Not, that, not the Calgary Flames. They have not won with regularity. There have been some impressive victories, and that's what... That's what ends up bringing you back around is there. That's the team. That's the performance that we mm. feel as observers and fans. That's the kind of game we feel they're capable of putting out on a regular basis. Sure. But then they shit themselves with a performance. And it last night wasn't, I think the Anaheim game was worse. The, the games against Detroit were worse. 
they they just it, it's hard because I don't just want to sit here and do a two three four weeks of these shows. But it felt like if you were clinging to hope, Winnipeg loses. There's some help. Mm-hmm. Weaker opponent. There's Phoenix. I'm more worried about weaker opponents with this team than good I ones. Just, uh, I've got the stat for you. I've yeah, been promising yeah. it for days. It's finally here. Are you ready? Well, okay. So set it up. What? What? Well, so the notion of like, oh, here come some bottom dwellers. Like not just out of the playoffs, but like bad teams. Because I saw this morning Dom from The Athletic had yeah. his strength of schedule remaining for teams. The yeah. Flames, based on opponent and winning yeah. percentage. Of top three? Fourth, top yeah. four, I think. The Makes fourth sense. best meeting. Yeah. They have some really weak, weak opponents coming up, yeah. percentage-wise. And, and just really quickly, like they'll play three playoffs teams in their next three. And after that, they have three for the remaining like 11 games. Yeah. But it just doesn't matter with this team. So the worst six teams in the league, these are all Bedard candidate caliber clubs. Columbus is last, San Jose second last, Chicago third last, then it's Anaheim, Philly, Montreal. The Flames have played each of those teams twice. These are the six worst teams in hockey in the NHL. They have a mark of five, five, and two. So they've won five of 12 against the worst six teams in hockey. And we always, you'll see some fans that'll be critical when you you beat the brakes off of a bad team or you, it's point night. You score five or six and it's a two goals and an assist for so-and-so. And yeah, yeah well, who are they playing? Here's the thing. Good teams beat the brakes off those teams yep. sometimes. Good teams, playoff teams win those games. And so here now are the top six teams in the NHL by points. Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Vegas, all division leaders and then Toronto and Dallas. They are 4-4-4, four, four, and four, 500, the same yeah. number of points against the best six teams in the league and the worst six. It should not be close. I would be stunned if there's another team that has an identical record or even close to the same points percentage between the bottom six and the top six. No one should suggest that the Columbus's, San Jose, Chicago, Anaheim's of the world should be as easy or as difficult to play as Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, Vegas. It's insane. So when you see an easy schedule for the Flames, it should scare you. Because for whatever reason, this group thinks they can kick their feet up, get a little cute, and not have to outwork anyone when they face a bottom six team and they've been handed their lunch. Think about how bad those teams are by points percentage. They're collectively 500 against the Flames. And think about how good Boston and all those other teams have been. They're collectively 500 against the Flames. That's a massive indictment on this hockey club. It's hard. You sit here after 68 games or whatever it is, and you see what they are. And I think by now we all, you feel like we're all on the same page. We know what they are. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not the worst team in the league, but they have major issues and warts on their game. You just think back to the start of the year where the whole conversation was, are they better than they were a year ago? How, what's the ceiling? What this team Mm -hmm. division, what's the world's their oyster. And either we were so wrong or the team has performed so poorly. And it's probably a bit of everything, Mm -hmm. but it's just how, how did you end up here where you're not going to make the playoffs a year after you went to round two yeah, I mean, and let's play last night's afterburner. So if you had to give the coach a letter grade, it's not a B. It's a C or a D or an F. If you have to give your star forwards a grade, 
probably a D or a C. If you have to give your goaltending a grade, it's probably a C. And if you, you know, judge the ins and outs of roster asset management, be it contract extensions, guys you placed on waivers, um, like that's not getting a great grade either. There's oh. blood everywhere. GM, coach, star players. Um, there's been missteps everywhere. Goaltending, obviously, special teams, that that would fall on coaching as as well as your skill players. Um it's why yeah, I, I do wonder. There's lots to go around, yeah. you know, lots to go around. It's why I do wonder if there is going to be a big reset in the offseason. Despite what contract the G, the coach has or what contract the GM doesn't have and salary cap and all of this, I just think there's going to be roster changes and I can't help but wonder if it's just time because it does. It feels eerily similar and we saw it a couple of times. You saw it when Daryl was near the end of his GM string and things got, they just, they were old and there was mm-hmm. no chemistry and they couldn't win. Yep. I, and I feel like there's more prospect now with guys like Pelche and, and Zary and like there's, there's more young Coronado. guys potentially here now. And, and they did, they had to reset. And then yep. near the end of the, the feaster run there where Aginla left and Bowmeister and that whole thing, it was just clear it was over then. This kind of, but the thing is though, there are a lot at, you're at the end of a lot of these veterans contracts. Yeah. Well, and they are here too. The only guys they're really married to are the three new off-season guys. And I think you could move Uyghur if you needed to. And I think if you know Oliver Shillington is coming back and you can see their cap situation already a million over what people think the cap might be next year, and that's only with 22 roster spots, not 23, like you need to move out. And I think you could take a Hannafin or a Uyghur to market or Tanev in the last year of his deal in theory. I mean, those aren't guys you're going to get nothing for. Um, And yeah, like I think you're, you're married to Kadri and Huberto's deals. Everything else, not an issue. Yeah. And it just happens to be the last two deals the GM signed, really. I mean, Uyghur's in there, but like Uyghur's the top pair guy that doesn't put up a ton of points. That's kind of worth 6 million in the NHL. I don't think it's like, well, we can't move that. But a 40 to 60 point winger that doesn't defend well, um, that doesn't get 10 and a half million anywhere. You can't move that. And Kadri was 32 when he signed a seven year deal. Or, you know, it would be silly to expect arrows to be upward. It's going to be a slow decline. You just hope that this is yeah. a little low start. And then we get the decline after a better year next year. Today would not be the day to analyze the Kadri contract because I think, as you said, Probably his worst game of the year last night. Yeah, and look, I, I don't. He doesn't cheat you on effort, but I think when he's not playing well, he's too selfish. And it, it, whether that's then the penalties he takes, the turnovers, or just you know the arrogance to try to walk through three guys and it end up going the other way. You you love his compete and his bite. And, and he's and, like, and in the playoff that? series, that could be really helpful if he's yeah, not getting yeah. suspended in the playoffs. Like, yeah. you can still sell me that if this team got into a tournament, they'd be a tough out. It's just they don't have the horses to get into the tournament. And this is that conundrum that GMs talk about a bunch. You need one iteration of a club to get into that tournament. And then it's almost like you need to be able to modify and have that group play a different style to have success in the playoffs. Ask Florida. They ran away with the NHL last year. They had the highest scoring team in the history of the salary cap last year. It was like swept by Tampa round two. I don't know what the answer is. But somewhere the answer is change, and there's going to have to be mm-hmm. just that's how it, how it goes. There's going to be change. Things 
players will move in and out. There'll be staff changes and all of that. Um, but even in a playoff series, you need to, in theory, play four really good games in a stretch of seven. Yeah. And I don't know if they're capable of that right now. They could lose some games that they maybe play okay in. You and there will be some games they don't deserve to win at all. I, I still, here's why I think they'd be a better playoff team than a regular season team. Guess what you don't do in the NHL postseason? Go to fucking overtime and play three on three. <laughs> this is a much better team five on five than three on three. Like if you just went to those, uh, what, 20 games they went to overtime this year and say they're 500. Like that's way more points in the standings. The way you break ties in the playoffs is totally different. What do we know about penalties in the postseason? The threshold is much higher to get a whistle than it is in the regular season. You, I, I don't necessarily believe that leads to less power play opportunities and the intensity levels change everywhere, but I feel like that power play might not hurt you as much as it does in a regular season game because ticky-tacky stuff doesn't get called. I think you could make the case that a lot of the Achilles heels of this club are, will be more exposed in the regular season than the playoffs, especially if you get Markstrom playing the way it is. Like, but that, they're not going to get in, so it doesn't matter. We sat here for weeks. Got to get some goaltending. Guys need some goaltending. Can you get mm-hmm. some goaltending? And they yep. got goaltending, and they're really no further ahead. It's it's got to be frustrating for everybody involved. The no kidding. The, the the coaching staff because you think think of the coaches. Everyone and you can whatever you want to think about Daryl right now. And there's some people that are, you know, they'll it's ride or die with Daryl. And some other people feel it's definitely time to make a change. Whatever the case may be. But you think of the other coaches on the staff. Oh, that are, they're yeah. skating with that team every day and they're pouring through video and they're going through all kinds of numbers. Okay, how do we fix this? Let's fix this and they can't do it. Well, and if you think Daryl's cheery to be around as a player, imagine walking into that office yeah. if you're Kirk Muller running the league's 23rd best power play or something. Because you talk about teams that kind of rally behind, you know, rally, you know, galvanize and come together when when there's a coach like that, I would think the coaching staff is probably the same way. It's like, okay, our boss, the guy is mad. Let's, let's us, the assistants, the tra- let, let's come together and figure this out. And I feel for those guys. I wonder for guys like Huska and Kale McLean and cause those guys work their bag off. Well, and he's not known as a collaborator. He's more of known as a guy that works in a silo. But, and you know what it, it'll be, assigned. it's when the success is there, you know who gets it. And when things aren't working right, well, what the, well, what and, are we and, doing? And, fix- and, and to be fair, like if the power play is not looking right, does Daryl just say, screw it, I'm doing this. Like, thanks for your work, but I'm doing this. And if you really want Vladar to start in December, but Daryl says, no, no, we got to play the long game. I need Markstrom in. Like, I just see him overruling guys. I don't see him as like, hey, bring me your ideas. Let's, you know, no, I like no. a little discourse back and forth. Let's hear new ideas. No, it's Daryl's way or the highway. Like, sorry. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's taken, whether you like it or not, it has served him well. He has, he has been his own guy. He's been a, a, a collaborator of one. And it's brought him to top five, top 10 in games coached and wins and all of that. And a couple of cups. He is one of the most successful head coaches in NHL coaching history. And at this point in his career and his life, I, I get, I get it. I understand why he would maybe not be so receptive on some guys who are half his age with, yep. with less than half his experience coming in and saying, here's what you need to do. 
even though they may have a point and they could be right. Even even parts of it could be right. I, I don't know. Now, I'm saying that. I don't. Maybe he is a better collaborator than we think. Maybe he is trying to involve the other guys. But history has shown us, and the stories we've heard and what we've been told in the past, is that's not the case. It wasn't when he was a GM, and it certainly wasn't when he's as, as, as a head coach. Well, and we know the, show, the shelf life's a serious thing. So after they win their second cup in 2014, missed the playoffs, losing round one, missed the playoffs, fired. Missed the playoffs, taking over for Jeff Ward. Don't really hang that on him. That was... Yeah. Comes in mid-season. Had a lot of work to do. Uh, losing round two, and they're going to miss playoffs. So he's talking about one series victory in his last six seasons. Five if you wash out his mid-season arrival here. Yeah. Like it's, I'm not saying it's dated and he can't win, but I think you are allowed to have those doubts at this point given how the last half decade of head coach Daryl's gone. we got the Pinter Report coming up here in a moment. Uh, also, special guest in studio. The, the greatest lead oh, in the, the sport of curling's what? history. Come on. Not Canadian, not Albertan. Who was the guy? The that, sport. Who was the guy that ran the lead in Atlanta for the 4x100? It was like, because yeah. Bernie Surin handed to Donovan Bailey. Yeah, and then, not that. Because uh, those lead. leads, that's a good Canadian lead. But this is a little different. He's quick, though. Strong. You got to be able to sweep Dino if you're a lead. That's what I hear. Yeah. And, you know, if you can cheat a little along the way, you know. You're not cheating. You're not trying. That's what. Uh, that's dropping some ashes on this. That's right. That rock down. Sneezing. A oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> My allergies. Jesus. Saint Eugene Golf Resort and Casino. We are looking forward to getting out there. This sooner than uh, we until, thought. Well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Championship golf course, casino, spa, restaurants, mountains surrounding you in every direction. That fresh mountain air. If you've never been, it's time. If you've been, it's time once again to uh, discover the St. Eugene Golf Resort and Casino, Cranbrook, British Columbia. There you see the 1-800 number on your screen. There you see the website, steugene.ca. They have a spring swing golf package. You and a friend enjoy a night stay, a round of golf, power cart, 259 is where the packages start. That's unreal. Available between mid-April to mid-May. Just get out the there. Spa, they got the hot pools. They got the river roaring by. Yeah. You got the mountains in the background. Go to the website. You'll be completely like, you let's will go. Be. Book yeah. the thing. The website is nails, and it's one of those. If if you're feeling stressed, if you're kind of your your life's in knots right now, you just need a little bit of space, some time, some tranquility. Then there's not many better. Saint Eugene Golf Resort Casino out in Cranbrook. Saint Eugene.ca. Nothing calms me down like playing. Whack fuck or golf, yeah. as others know it. So. Well, yeah, see, when I think about that, I'm thinking about the spa and the I know. restaurants and the fresh air. But if you golf, are going to shoot yeah. 105 and lose 100 bucks to a buddy, you may as well be able to get in a hot pool after yeah, and save some dough on the accommodation. Uh, guest in studio, we will we'll break before that, but let's do this. Let's get to the Pinder Report. Some things going on. Brought to you by Village Honda, of course, located in the Northwest Auto Mall. They're your dealership for life. They want to buy your car. You can sell them your car. Dirt. They want those used cars. You get paid in 24 hours. They'll get it on the lot. No hassle. No obligation appraisal can be done on the spot. Get a hold of them online, as we mentioned, villagehonda.com, and get uh, get that cash if you got that car to sell. They are the people you need to hook up with. Northwest Automall, Village Honda present the Pinder Report. Is Robert Esme, was he the lead for that 4 by one Stop it. Okay. Uh, let's go back to Arizona last night, the Mullet Arena, 4,500. We're going to do this now. We're going to breeze through and then get to our sure. guests. Sure. Right? Good. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, Connor Ingram had to be great late, fellows, uh, but that was pretty much it. Here's the final 15 seconds of the game where the Flames generated two chances. Oh, my God. The Leyland home right there. Hubert over there. 
And off to overtime we go. Flames, well, we're down 3-2. And those actually tied it up in the third. Only to, uh, well, to mad at the team. Right? So that's the, not Walker Dewar, but. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, let's go to overtime. Let's have Peak. How'd this one go? Oh, Valamaki. That's a familiar name. Huh. Dink. And Boyd, who had a disallowed goal earlier, reviewed for goalie interference, uh, did have that one stand. And it appeared to me, I could be wrong, Alex, but it looked like Yusuf Alamaki was excited to score against his old team because this is his shot yeah. rebound. But hang on, we got a better angle of that as well. Yeah. Ah, punch in the glass. Yeah. How good does that feel? Of Sticking course, it to your yeah. old crew, hey? Like, hey, Daryl, I'm having fun here. Remember what that is? It's a three-letter word, and it's the opposite of things being really shitty. Hanging that on the coach, by the way. Uh, Dustin Boyd's son, uh, Travis, with the OT winner. Don't do that. That can't be. Stop it. Boyd's a very common name. Is it the seafood air? The... I'm not sure. Okay. Move along. Uh, afterburner last night. Mm. Mm. Look at uh, Dino. The question was, are you buying or selling? They're dead. And all of a sudden, Dean uh, with some props on the set. Pretty good stuff here. My buy it or sell it tonight, Dean? After losses to Anaheim on Friday and the Coyotes tonight? They're fucking dead? <laughs> Is that a question? Buy it or sell it. It's a statement you buy or sell. I no see. questions here. So are they, are they done? You're saying they're done? My statement is they're fucking dead. Hmm. Buy it or sell it. I'm buying it, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like... I like to give everyone a shot, right? I'm, I just think it's one of those things. Until, until the math says you're out, I don't think you're out. But um, I got to say, <laughs> get your Titleists, men. Oh, get your clubs, get your sunglasses, get your Bahama, Bahama board shorts, get ready. Because they're fucking done. Oh. They're fucking done. You yeah. just went full tangy. That is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, the Titleist gear on the I afternoon. I mean, really? Oh. That's probably enough. Thank you. Yeah, that's probably yeah. More of that. Um, less comedic at other junctures, but uh, it's kind of where everyone's at. 18% where uh, I saw this morning on Dom's probabilities. Uh, real quick, here's a look at the standings. I added a nice little emoji just so we can get the idea of what's happening in the West, Dean. Because you love uh, emojis. Uh, there it is. There it There's is, the yeah. Flames. Five out games even, or one back with a team that's got three games in hand. Pick your poison and enjoy the afterlife. And it's, it's beyond math. Right? You, oh, it's if, just if watch you have play. watched no games, you can look at that and say, well, it's five points. This, yeah. You just lost to the Ducks and the Coyotes. You could literally be two points out right now if you beat two of the worst teams in the NHL this year, and instead you have one point to show for it. Yeah. It's awful. Okay, move along. Uh, NHL last night did the Big City Greens cartoon thing. That's right. Uh, imagine if you were wagering money, and this is how you learned that you, you lost uh, money. <laughs> Some cartoon play-by-play -play of... An NHL hockey game. This was quite funny. Uh, Rangers, pair from Zabinijad early. Here's They had real-time tracking on the players That's so right. that the cartoons are going exactly where the players are. Tarasenko, slot, bang, goal. 
And look, they don't have the shitty rink board ads screwing things oh, yeah. up. Hey, wow, I don't mind this broadcast. Listen, you know what? That was pretty freaking amazing, really. It's amazing you can do it. You know. Yeah. Now it's a shame it cost a billion dollars, and now the cap won't go up. But hey, you, you got to do what you got to do to grow the game team. Um, Flyers submitting a goal of the year candidate last night, Nick Sealer, with an incredible move. Let's uh, check in on the Philly Dangle. Nick Sealer. Oh my. That's the how she going. Yeah, I don't know that the Flyers Twitter is very excited goal of the year. Uh, mm, it's a very nice goal. And for the Flyers, the, maybe it is the goal of the year. Not bad. Nick Sealer's never scored a, a nicer one in his life. I Not at this league, uh, that's for sure. Maybe back in uh, Timbits uh, or whatever they call that. There. Oh, wow. Oh, hey. Through, through the, the feet. Yeah. Just out of the reach. Roof daddy. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Uh, news today coming out of the GM's meetings. It sounds like the NHL salary cap. Uh, remember the big jump? Big, big jump coming. Big jump. Big jump. We might be able to pay off this IOU from the players by uh, midseason. Million? Maybe. And they could negotiate with the PA about raising it because it will jump a ton the year after, but the Bally Sports Network just went into bankruptcy. There's some money out. They haven't quite paid off all the IOU. And so, I have a hard um, time giving a shit about the salary cap and well, stuff. Okay, like, so, I know that you, you love it and you're very Well, it's just like, it. do you want to build a roster? Like, can you bring back guys or do you, are, you, are you over the cap? That's a pretty no, important I, thing in an offseason. I get it, but it, to me it's more about how did you get to the level you're at with the mismanaging of your team as opposed to needing the league to come and give you more space yeah, because you're an idiot. Or do you see these other leagues that have just had a flat cap for five years or just this one, basically? Just this one. But Gary, <laughs> awesome. Have exploding nets and cartoons. Don't be that guy. Here's some dates on the calendar for the NHL. Uh, we've got a start date for the NHL playoffs. And appropriately... After our playoff draft, which goes on Friday, April 14th. That's weird, yeah. The following Monday, the 17th, yeah, yeah. way we go. I also don't like this. It sets up the favorites for the Monday-Wednesday hosting, and then the underdogs get the Friday-Sunday, the Thursday-Saturday. Huh? You worry about funny oh, stuff. Um, what else you got? There's your draft lottery. What May you got 8. going on? May 8, draft lottery. Got to love that. That's <laughs> We'll figure out where Bedard's going. Yeah. You want him in Vancouver? I'm okay with that. Chicago. Best for the, yeah. uh, again, I want that cap going up. You got to get him to Chicago. Uh, other news, lots in the NFL as free agencies opened. Check out uh, this swapperoo, Darren Waller, the tattooed and, uh, well, oft injured tight end of the Raiders off to the Giants. I actually heard one of his rap songs the other day, and right. it was horrible. Might be a part of uh, this move here. Weird. Waller yeah, wants yeah. his music on in the room. Can't be happening in Vegas. East Coast, West Coast, right? Not he, with Jimmy there. Get out of here. He's an East Coast guy. That's right. Uh, elsewhere, Ezekiel Elliott. Looks like his time's done with the Cowboys. Zeke set to be cut. They've already tagged Tony Pollard. Why spend a billion on running backs when you could spend way less for better production? I get it. And uh, Baker Mayfield. Looks like he's heading to Tampa. No shoes to follow there, Phil? No, or? not at all. No. To go from Tom Brady to, in fairness, another 
That really, friggin' yeah. performance Brady put on last year will not be hard to follow. And Baker was pretty good his first couple games of the Rams in a really tough year. Away he goes. Hmm. In a lot of teams all of a sudden, eh? And a little comedy for you. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the Jets still trying to figure all this out. Got to bring in all his old pals, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, Eddie Lacy heading to. Oh, no. Because <laughs> he wants Randall Cobb. Got Cobb, yeah. got Lazard. Lacey famously, uh, I think, ate his way out of the league like five, six, seven years ago. So, I thought the whole thing with Eddie Lacey was it was a bad photo, bad angle. The, maybe, kind I don't of know. The huh? depth perception. We're not NFL insiders. Look fatter. He may be slim. He looked fat. He did look fat. And there's that photo for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Canada-Mexico today in the WBC. A win for Canada. They're through. A loss, and we got, uh, probably not through. And then if Colombia wins through, I tell you. Look, just Canada-Mexico looks like it's starting right away here. So go Canada. And if Mexico's going to win, maybe it's Alejandro Kirk looking good. So we love him. Tijuana. Ali Alejandro. Ali Alejandro. Last couple for you. Um, have you heard of Major League Pickleball? I've heard of Major League Sports and Pickleball, but not uh, the same. Well, the new owner of Major League Pickleball is saying that it will be the fourth largest sport in the U.S. in just moments. No problem. It's going to destroy the ratings of MLS. I thought NHL, that was the slap fight league. I thought well, that slap too. fighting was Everyone's be- taking runs. They want to be number four. But uh, Steve Kuhn says pickleball will easily be a top five sport in the next five years in terms of viewership, which is something because I know people that play pickleball. It's like grandparents. I don't know a professional player. So for five years for this to be right on our menu as you know, sports consumers. You're going to have wow. friggin' pickleball people coming down here to the studio. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Take a word. And finally, Dean, uh, I don't know, but you were made famous again on Twitter today. Again and today. one of your former co-workers oh, as yeah. uh, the shit stirrer upper Andrew Walker was yeah. at it again. He was bored this morning. He was tweeting all kinds of nonsense. I know, yeah. He's got time in his hands, I guess. Apparently, eh? Yeah. Bored. Apparently. Uh, you and Pat went for a walk together. Huh. <laughs> there's, uh, you know what, walks? Pat's, Pat's calves at the top, and there's <sighs> Boom Boom. That does look like you, Boom. I swear you have those shorts. Are those the Air Monarchs? What's going on here? <laughs> You're not the first that have sent me that tweet. You think you're very funny, but I've gotten it many times in the past. And I, I you know what? It's a shot at Steinberg too, right? Or is it? Uh, oh, yeah. Know. No, it's it's definitely, there's some strays there that have caught some civilians. Steinberg's For those that don't know what the hell you were talking about, there's walkers sending out a tweet. There's on the top, it's got a guy with skinny, skinny legs. And then at the bottom, it's got a dude with big fat calves. And it's the top me who trains legs three times a week. And at the bottom, 42-year-old father of three who hasn't seen the inside of a gym since the Cold War. Cold War, right? I'd love to be 42 again. God. That'd kill for 42. How was the Cold War? risk yeah fair enough yeah. that's your pinder report dino brought to you by village honda located in the northwest automall online villagehonda.com the new crv hybrid is there the honda passport trail sport is there the accord is on its way many many great reasons to stop by and visit and have village honda become your dealership for life online villagehonda.com tight turn here don't go anywhere we're going to get things set up special in studio guest it's a world champion sorry world champion Benny Bear when we come back Benny Heaps stay there
Back here in the Tower Chrysler Studios. Tower Chrysler, the only Tower Chrysler dealer that uh, we recommend. It's the only one I've recommended in my life. Of, uh, of all the Tower Chrysler Dodge Ram Jeep dealerships that uh, are sponsors of this show, they're number one. Highly recommended from the Barnburner Boys. A uh, special guest here in studio, he is a Briar champion. He is a gold medalist. He's a world champion. He's and he is fresh off of an impressive performance at the Briar in London, Ontario. And a presentation of the Hearing Loss Clinic. Ah. This, see, you know what? This is like synergy. Boys, look at this shirt. Hey, look at that. No. Was, that, how an, did you, was that an accident? I can't no, believe. No, it what can't a, be. What a stroke of coincidence that is. As Ben Eber joins us here in the Ben Eber. Yeah, of course. Hearingloss.ca. There, there you see it. All roads, taking care of you, taking care of us. What a great guy. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. Have, yeah. So have you gone in to get your hearing checked and that whole thing? A couple times. Got mold. Got molds done for my ears. Got uh, got the noise canceling uh, earplugs oh, for yeah, the plane yeah. for sleeping. Mm-hmm. When the wife gets angry, you throw them in. It's oh, perfect. Man. Yeah. See, I thought you said you found mold in there. That would be very disturbing. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Surprised sometimes what you find in there after a while. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. It's been it's been a while. The last time we were at the Penguins game, I guess, right? Earlier yeah, this with, year with uh, Johnny Dub. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, so yeah, hosting hosting the uh, first responders of Calgary there. Right? That's right. That was yeah. a fun night. Sweet. Yeah. So here you are. I was looking on uh, on your Twitter, and there's there's those asterisks. Of about your because there's the schedule that you're going to have um, for your season. I said, well, you know, if we qualify, yeah. if we qualify, if we qualify. So now here we are. We're in mid March. Um, what have you qualified for? How are we? Well, doing? we qualified for everything except the worlds. Obviously, um, <clears throat> you know, just get home from the Briar on Monday. A little disappointing. I mean, finishing third, but like you say, you know, a good week for us. We played well and. You just got to play real, really well to win that thing. I mean, between us and Dunstone and Gushu, honestly, flip a coin any given week. And uh, Dunstone himself played well, and Brad's always good. And they clipped us, which was a, you know, disappointing for us. We wanted to go represent Canada, but uh, we had a good week and got a few more years to peak to kind of get to that Olympic level. But certainly, you want to win a Briar or two along the way. And we were close. You hate you hate missing those opportunities because goddamn, you never know when they're yeah, going to yeah. come back, right? Like you had a real good chance to win and. But uh, yeah, you gotta live and learn. And sports are sports are hard. It's I, truly why, when you see some of those ranks like like Stoughton and Ferb, just you know Martin that are that dominate for years at a time, just how special that is. Because like you say, any given week you just you miss one shot here, one shot. Oh well, your your week, your year is defined by that. When you can continually come out year after year and go on a two, three, four, like a dynasty type run tells you how special that is in this country for sure. Uh, Especially in the Briar, just because, you know, the outside curling fan, like I know you guys aren't the the curling gurus of the world. Well, this guy curls every week. I know, you know. Pinder's messaged me to come spare from a couple times. Very, very green. I'm trying to figure up some of the nuances. And it got to the point where now I actually, if I see it on and there's other stuff on TV, I'll be like, you know what? I'm very interested to see how, like, I'm trying to figure out strategy before. I'm just like, nope, don't get it. But now it's like, uh, okay, I got a little, enough of the nuance that I'm curious to, like, see how these guys and hear them talk. I think is one of the amazing things of the curling Briar podcast too you can actually hear guys you know hey what about this what's his shot here if we move this thing and i i i've i've been quite impressed and alberta repping it pretty good with cooey as well yeah my old skipper had a good good week too they had a good good round robin and i mean he's still one of the top dogs out there too they had a tough finish to the briar but they started hot and 
I mean, any any of those teams, like you say, the outsider, they, they look at the Briar and they're like, okay, well, you know, Gushu's the man now. He's Team Canada. Like we've had we've had a better year than all of them. We're yeah. the number one team in Canada. Hmm. Lose the Briar, no good, no, no good, <laughs> no good. <laughs> Move along. So yeah, carry on. But we got two more events. We have one in Toronto. Uh, we actually play in the old Maple Leaf Gardens every year in really? April, which is sick. So it's now it's Ryerson University now, yep. right? And and in the basement where the old garden is is a Sobeys. Yeah, the best grocery store in Canada, yeah, by it's the way. Styled. I've been. And, or so maybe the, it's a Loblaws. It's a Loblaws, maybe. It's a grocery store, whatever it is, and that's where the main floor was. And then they yeah. move the ice up, up. like that's, a story or two. And that's where we play. And so the upper bowl is now the lower bowl, and yeah. it might have seat what five to eight thousand. No, not like even, not even. Yeah, less yeah, yeah maybe four, four, five thousand. Okay. But yeah, we play there in April. It's a fun one to go right downtown TO and play. And then our, my last one of the year is the Champions Cup. It's in uh, Grand Slam. It's on. Uh, it's in Regina, my hometown. So. Get to see my mom and dad, brother and sister, come out and cheer on my old And so you fam. will be busy explaining what curling is in Toronto when you'll be busy in Regina signing autographs. <laughs> You'd be surprised in Toronto now. When we used to go to Ontario, like even the Briar in London, we played yeah. there in 2011. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to go back to London. It's shit. Ontario knows nothing about curling. Yeah. One of the best Briars I've ever played. Really, in. eh? Packed. Yeah, it's awesome. The 11, crowds look good. Yeah. 11,000 for the semi, 11,000 the night before on the Friday. Really? First weekend was jammed in Toronto. For the players' championship too, it's growing there, it's, and it's growing young. I used to be a stallion with the grandmas, which I still am. That's that's where I shine. <laughs> that's where I shine. Yeah, but stallion. man, you should see. There's there's some there's some young folk and and, and good opportunity coming up in the curling world for the juniors, <laughs> and they're all they're all over the rink now. It's crazy. We were actually, you know, one of the games we were blowing out one of the teams. Me and Brett were looking around, going, "Man, a young crowd. Maybe curling's getting cool again. We'll see." But no, yeah. it's uh, it's good. It's good for the sport. So we just have to tell Rhett that. You know, Rhett's from Saskatchewan. Rhett should know. Me for curling once a week. Rhett, Rhett should know. I mean, hey. Yeah. He grew up in Saskia. He probably threw a couple of rocks in his day. Well, he's got, and he's got such a long, re- long reach. You know, he's, right? that's, it's hard to have the hacks. He's got to let that go. I was going to say, he's got to let it go uh, so quickly. He can't get right there. <laughs> I, when I was, uh, it was years ago when I was working in Brandon, there was a stretch of time there. It felt like Brandon had, they had the Olympic curling trials and then the, the, the Scotties and the Bri. It was, it was just nonstop. It's tough. I know the, the Grey Cup and the bride, you know, the whole thing, the, those whole pa- parties and all that, but there's, it's hard to beat a curling party. A bonspiel is, involves booze. When, that is, when they yeah. get those big events and you get all, for, either from all across the country or all around the world, these curling rinks showing up and their fans, they're not there to sip tea. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Our, our, our demo of guys, you know, my age that have played forever when we first started playing on tour, Man, we went on tour to party. That's what was our first oh, yeah. gig was the party, and then we're like, "Oh, who do we play tomorrow? How bad are they? How drunk can we get tonight?" Yeah. You know. And now, I, I went to the patch. We went to the patch once at the Briar in London for an autograph session. Yeah. But the people that go that are fans, saying to my wife last week, my daughter started playing curling. I'm like, God, I hope she gets to the Scotties because I just wanna, <laughs> I wanna go as a fan yeah. and terrorize the patch. <laughs> like my brother, my dad, my uncles, all they all come and they just have these great stories. And I'm like, oh, I was sitting in my leg sleeves, having a protein shake in my room. <laughs> yeah, that's being boring as shit. Yeah. But uh, it's good for the game. You know, there's just, there's good opportunity in our sport. It's like, like Pinder saying, great TV sport. Yeah. You know, we're mic'd up. You get to watch yeah. it. You know, people, you know, I'm a solid D-list celeb in Calgary. I notice at the odd grocery store and yeah. being on TV. Like, you know, I know it's not a famous millionaire gig, but we get paid to play. We're on TV. You can go to the Olympics. You can live a good life. It's starting to get a little bit more serious out there. So, yeah. The rec side of it, having fun. Four of us go play in the Glencoe League once a week Tuesday. It's like a men's league for golf. It's awesome. Like, I think even when I'm done playing, I probably play 
one night a week with my buddies and get out of the house and go have a beer and shoot the shit. It's awesome. Great so, sport. So how does, because there was a time where you saw some of the teams that would go to, to the Briar would be some older guys. Sure. Is that still the case or is it because like you say, it's a lot about fitness and taking care of yourself and being serious and dialed in is, is the day of the, the gray beard Winning the briar kind of over? No, I don't think. No, no, unfortunately not. Gushu's got a gray beard, that dirty dog. He just won. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I you can still be a real good player. Like, I mean, I'm 39 years old, so, and I, you know, I'm still hanging. I'm kicking the shit out of all leads. Still, don't yeah, kid yeah. yourself. But uh, <laughs> you know, but 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 you still got to stay in shape. Like I'm still doing the things that the young guys are doing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And it's just a little bit harder these days, but now you still win at a certain age. I mean, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl when he was 43. Yeah. I literally go back to that as I get older. I was like, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? I'm like, guys. It's curling. And that, you know what, that might be just be a product of me getting old. I just remember guys like Ed Wernick and yeah. that. It just felt like those are old guys. The, fit, the fitness of it's changed a lot. But even Kmart, I started curling with Kevin Martin. I yep. started curling yeah. with him when he was 39. Yeah. And he pl- I played with him for eight years. I'm just 39 now. Yeah. I won't be playing until I'm 47 like he did. But I think it depends on the person. Like Kevin Martin, when he was 39, looked like he was 63. <laughs> so it's like, oh, he's super old. It's like. Guy's in good shape. He yeah. works out. He's got a bad nest. He had the nest going, so he thought he was super old. But he was, you know, like these guys, like Gushu's 43. Yeah. Brad hasn't missed a He's shot in like three years, man. Cooey's 47, 48. Yeah. Stud. Yeah. So what is it the front of rinks that's changed? Because it feels like you're seeing a lot more fitness, stronger, bigger leads and seconds. Is that yeah. where you skew younger? Yeah. I mean, that's why I say I'm only playing for three more years. Like, I'm a lead. I, I know my role on the team. I'm not, hey. Everyone needs a shot blocker and a face-off guy, okay? Sure. Let me dumb it down 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 for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real good role player. I'm really good at my job. Yeah. used to forecheck really hard right? in the patch, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not stepping up to play first-line power play minutes when I'm 44. That's just not how our sport works. So I think that at that point, there's going to be some younger guys that can sweep, and, you know, and that's kind of my role, and I'm still really good at it right now. But I'm comfortable to say I, I won't be playing into my late 40s and 50s, no chance. So you don't think you could become a, a third or a skip, or, or it's just not your skill set? I, I don't know. Well, I would say on your team, I'm for sure the skip. 100%. Right? I'm a skip. I, I should be uh-huh. a lead on a bad team. You know, yeah. could I play second or third or skip, honestly, on like a you know a decent Canadian B-level team? 100%. But Brian. Guys, I, 
I played with Kevin Martin, Kevin Cooey, and Brendan Botcher. Yeah. For me to go down that road and kick myself in the balls for like, I would just bash my head against the wall. All right. I got other stuff I got to be doing than that. So, no, not for me, but, uh, you know, I, when I played in juniors growing up in Saskia, I played third and skip my whole life. I was a really good player. I could throw bombs. Mm-hmm. I get on a team when I'm 22 years old with Kevin Martin, John Morris, Mark Kennedy. Yeah. You know what position you're playing? You're lucky. Lucky I wasn't fifth. Yeah. I mean, those guys, and then you play with studs your whole life. It's like, well, hard for me to move up. You know, playing on an all-star team your whole life, but winning is a lot more fun than being a skip and losing on a different team. So how does that work then? Because like you say, I think probably if you're at an elite level in in this sport, like you say, you'd have been third skip through your junior, probably through junior and coming up. And then is it, is it a certain skill, a trait, or how do, how does everybody settle in to be a lead or a second? Obviously, if I'm guessing if you're a skip, it's that, that, you know, one percentile of yeah. feel and touch and ability. So for you, what made you a, a, a first-team all-star lead at the Briar, uh, by the way? But what, what, so why lead, why second? How do you fall into those spots? Yeah, I don't, for me, I mean, it's different for everybody, I think. But I think everyone that's a good curler that plays front-end now on a top team, they all played third and skip in juniors. Yeah. So at the end of your junior career, you got two decisions. You can, you can play back-end and still, still play skip in third. And take your lumps until you're good at 25, 26, 27 for seven years of going to university and not making any money and getting worked on the tour. Or you get asked by a really good developed team to come in and play front end and learn and develop your skills. I was super fortunate to get asked to play with Kevin Martin and John Morris when I was 22 years old. Packed up my bags from Saski, drove up in my... uh, Sun, Pontiac Sunfire, real nice rig. Real nice. I mean, let's <laughs> wheeled on up. Maybe a girl car, right? Kind of oh, a chick car. Oh yeah, very much so. Whatever. Not my best look. So <laughs> I wheel up from Regina in in my in my car and with a bag of clothes, rented a basement suite and all. And then and you know at at the time, real brash. You know, thought I was pretty good. Oh yeah, I was terrible. God, I was so terrible. But you learn from the best guys and the best coaches, and then. It's not like anything else. You need to talk to these hockey guys getting seen or getting an opportunity to play with a really good player. Who was the guy in Vancouver that played with the Sidines every year that had 30, 40 goals? And then they just, <laughs> ro- they just yeah. ro- rotated them through. Who yeah. wants 30 this year? Burroughs. Oh, you yeah. know, you take advantage of your opportunity. Like, I wasn't great, but I got on a really good team. And when I did, I worked my tail off, got in great shape, turned into a great sweeper, started making a ton of shots. I've been one of the best leads for 20 years on tour now. But yeah. when I first got there... I wasn't ready for the big league. I got a good opportunity and kind of just worked out for me because I took advantage of it. But you don't, sometimes you don't, sometimes you either don't get an opportunity or you get one or two. And if you don't take them, bye-bye. So that, I, I keep thinking about that tournament and, and watching it and I'm seeing a, a huge list of guys that have participated and won at Olympics and world championships. And I'm thinking like, it might be harder to win the Briar than it is to win the Olympics of the world championships in a weird way. Not that there isn't great international uh, talent out there, but you know, just to represent this country is such an arduous, huge war to get through. Never mind. Okay, well now we got Italy and tomorrow Scotland and hey, Sweden's pretty good. But is am I crazy thinking that? Well, it's harder to win the Briar and and the Olympic trials to get to the Olympics out of Canada and those other countries. Yes, like Sweden has one team, yeah. one really really good team, and after that. You and me and boom, we're picking it. We're crushing the rest of their teams. Okay. And I am the skip on that team, by the yes, way. You're you're skipping right, still, still. So Scotland has one other kind of deep team. Italy has one team. Canada has four five, six really good teams. When you get to the world's in the Olympics now, though, those teams are nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Okay. 
like Gushu's going to the Worlds. Yeah. He'll have his hands full. Whew. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like he's not guaranteed bronze. Right. If he wins a medal at the Worlds, very, very good curling. If he wins it, extremely good. Okay. Yeah. So that's changed a bit. But certainly to get to the games and just to get to where the Maple Leaf, oh, way harder than anywhere else in the world. Not even not even close. War to get through. War to get through. And then so walk us through last offseason. There's a bunch of shuffling and curling. And I feel like it's funny. We talk about the NBA and super teams and guys working together. Like, given how deep the talent is in this country, you want to collect as many great players as you can. You talked about Martin and Morris and yourself early in your career. Like, what are these off-seasons like? And is it, like, overt flirting, or do you wait till the season ends? Like, how, cut, how does this come throat, to be? right? I mean, it's it's hurt feelings, it's cutthroat, it's real. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of like you say, you, you dangle the bait. It's like finding, a, you know, finding a new girlfriend, a little text, a little teaser text, see if she's <laughs> interested. You know, you send it to your buddy. But yeah. it, it, it depends what you want to do. If you want to go to the Briar, if your goal is to just win your province and go to the Briar, and you're happy to go there and go four and four and get steamrolled by the top dogs, you can build a, a decent team anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you want to be the best team in the world and beat Italy, Sweden, Scotland, you got to build super teams. So that's what they got. They don't have boundaries of lines of provinces yeah. where they when pick did, their guys from. Sorry, right. when did that start? After 2000 and like in Canada or the when did the world I team just, get real think, good? I just think in Canada, because for a long time it was that if you come out of Northern Ontario and mm-hmm. Saskatchewan and Manitoba and all of that sort of thing. And then it was like, that guy's not from Manitoba. Yeah. That guy's not from yeah, brothers PEI, playing from different provinces right? against so you, each other this year. It all seemed like there were, there were a few of those super team dream teams. And I think it rubbed some people the wrong way that that wasn't the spirit of the sport kind of a thing. But like you say, yeah. what do you want to do? You want to play for fun? Or do you want to play for dough and win the world? Yeah, that's what it was. The, the Canadian teams weren't going to the Worlds and winning every year. Yeah. So we said, okay, enough of the boundaries. And not, of all our, not all of our best players live in the same place. Some of them are 39. Some yeah. of them are 30 that have kids and wives and jobs. Like We had jobs. Yeah. If I didn't have a job and I could just pack up and move somewhere and yeah. make six schmill, <laughs> see you sure. later. What yeah. was the first team that, that, would have, that would have really done that and, in Canada? and been successful with it to the point where it's, I, I don't know if I like the way they did it, but... It worked. Now we got to do it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my team in 2019 with Cooey, we won the Briar and, and lost the world final, which was really good, with BJ Newfeld flying in from Manitoba. Yeah. <laughs> then Gushu's lead, who had lived in uh, Newfoundland, left, moved back to Edmonton. He's still doing it with two guys, as one guy lives in Northern Ontario. So basically, you need to have three out of four players that live where you live. You can have one fly-in player, mm. just an import rule. And then they also have like a birth rule where sure. if you're born somewhere like I could play in Saski now no matter where I live the rest of my life because I was right. born there sure um, that's kind of how they do it they just do it to kind of keep as much pace with the world as they can with keeping the briar in check and the Scotties because that's how curling Canada makes all their money they're so, great events yeah, yeah. And they are awesome events yeah. guys Scotties is in Calgary next year really COP you know what I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna take you boys down for a low pint all right. Hey, you know what? I, I like it because I'm not. I, I like you guys hang out with all the big dogs in Calgary. So oh, you Bobby yeah, Big Wheeling, sure right? Do, yeah. Guys, I, I can't wait to walk into a Scotty's or a Briar with you guys. I am, I am, I am legit. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, there's only so many places I'm legit. Old folks' home and the Scotty's and the Briar Patch. <laughs> so that's and like I'm me at Dutton's boom, right? That's so like our guys that drink beer after a game. The there's old pockets. Home, right? I'm gonna wheel into the yeah. Scotty's with you next year, and you guys can be my photographer. Right? Say, it'll be beautiful. A Mustang with the grandmothers. What do you say? <laughs> a Mustang we'll, with the kids. We'll know. bring a yeah. We'll bring a camera. And so that'll be Mark and McPhail, the the nice beautiful barn at the end. Yeah. yeah oh God. God. It'll, it'll, it'll be it'll be packed. It's, it's a beautiful great facility. Oh yeah. I played. Uh, 
played in the COP like men's league there for yeah. five, six years when I first moved to Calgary, the hockey league there. It's good. It's cool when the rink is done up for a, a big curling event. Oh, you yeah. got all the, you know, tarps and drapes and the, pl- the flowers and everything. It's cool. And because it, it just felt like we had one in Brandon every year. Yeah. And to be in behind the scenes and to see how it's all set up, it's, it's awesome. It's a cool event. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. How, how was London? Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Packed. Patch was awesome, absolutely jammed. Downtown London, awesome restaurants nearby. It was uh, it was one of the best bars I've played in in a long time. It was really, really good. They so did a good is, job. Is that the primo size venue, like that sort of eight to twelve thousand? You know what's 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 killed and grown curling substantially is it's such a good TV. Guys, when I played in the Briar in Edmonton in two thousand and thirteen, and then the Briar in Calgary in fifteen, like they're selling out the Saddle Dome. Nice. We're like fifteen thousand, like sure, yeah, lower packed, yeah. lower, lower and half the bowls. upper, yeah. which is. Like guys, because that's what happened. Just, just to jump, it was in Brandon, Keystone Center, about five thousand. Yeah. But it just it got too big. Yeah, you yeah. you could go to the NHL sized rinks. And I think what happened was, you know, we we joke about the demo of curling, but I mean, we're grateful for all those fans. They give us the TV numbers, which eventually you know gets the, get us paid and gets to get our sport and some money in it. So what happened was it's so great on TV that uh, a lot of people started staying home watching on TV. Yeah, but you know what? It's really similar to the CFL. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a dialed CFL fan. You know, you know my buddy Bo with, sure, with Calgary, yeah. and I grew up in Regina, so it's the thing. But, yeah. man, crowds in the CFL the last few years have been terrible. But guess what? The product Great. on TV is amazing. Still good TV numbers. It's, I, it's so good. And I would say this. It would be like if the CFL, if you had – and they started doing this a bit with the mic'd up games. But, like, to to hear the strategy, you that is almost unavailable for any other sport on TV. Like, huh. you will hear more – at home on TV about strategy and what's going on with, with these teams than you will sitting in row 30 and having a beer. So I, I see what you're saying. Like, but, but we do, we, there's a typical venue now for the Briars between six, seven, seven to 10,000 seats. Yeah. Scotty's is about, you know, four to six kind of deal just because the TV viewership is so great. But yeah. TV viewership drives just as much marketing dollars yeah. as it does mm-hmm. to, to get some butts in the seats. So, you know, give and take, you know, we love playing in front of full barns. It's exciting, but I understand the business side of it. And as, by the way, uh, mic'd up, yeah. Who are you kidding? Could you imagine? Could you could you fucking imagine <laughs> if they mic'd up NHL, MLB? Uh, see, like like re- guys, we're not like we're not mic'd up with a delay. No, I know. We're mic'd up with it's live. You'll hear hey, some hey, yeah. some muttered keep Fs it, if you keep it legit yeah. or they like I would I would love if a, a big professional sports was was live. I play rec I played rec hockey last night. Yeah. I had a live mic on me. I'm in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't <laughs> Can't say that. You can't say that. Like it's, it's, just, yeah. it's it's awesome and it's fun, but they can't do that. In the you'd have to be very careful. And you know, he curling like yeah, you drop the odd f bomb, whatever. And it's it's sport, it's live. But yeah. that would be amazing if they did that in, in a true. You might as well remember twenty four seven series HBO say, yeah. did when yeah. Crosby Ovechkin they kind of did the outdoor classic thing. Yeah. Man, that Boudreau was, a, was chirping in the room. God, was yeah. that a good doc? Man, they screwed that all up when they took it away from HBO. Man, wasn't they brought that, it in house and then it was like there's no more swearing. Like, well, this just doesn't yeah. feel real. Like that that was as close as you could get to live mic true behind yep. the scenes. It was so good. And those came out weeks after, right? It Man. was not live. To your point, yeah, that's so. Yeah. Now, when you're watching, and other guys are mic'd up. Is there is there ever and you don't need to name names because I'm not looking to throw anybody under the bus, but is there ever a time it's like 
this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> like strategy wise? Yeah, it's like, no, you're not, you're <laughs> he's not. He's a lead, so I don't, yeah, like, I mean, you're not fucking making that not, shot. What, you're are you not fuck, what are you guys, what are you thinking? The, we're, our sports, our curling team is no different than any other sport team. We sit back in the room and play cards and chirp everybody on TV yeah. and make fun of everyone else. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, everyone does it to everybody. Oh, uh, what if we, uh, so what do you think here? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Because the guys that are playing on TV that we're playing at the Briar, like, they're good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the odd time they make mistakes, but so do we. So, no, we, we keep keep it kind of clean in that that department. But as far as strategy goes, the guys at that level all know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, does do you ever, do you see blowouts at that level? Because everybody's so good. Like, do you, Oh, yeah. And, and what leads to that? Is it just one... Is it one shot? Because I just wonder when you have that high end of talent, game in, game out, you've you've got to be so good that you you just represent yourself. You don't get your doors blown off, but you do. You say, yeah. Well, the Briar and the Scotties, although it has that huge, massive high end of talent, it really has a low end of talent as yeah, well. Yeah, like the Nunavut or the yeah, Northwest Territories yeah, type yeah, setups. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's an equal opportunity for all provinces, and not all provinces have a top tier team. So, I mean. At the Briar, you have six really, really good teams. Scotty's actually a little deeper this year. They probably had eight, but there's 18 teams. Yeah. So yeah. when you see blowouts, it's just due. But but like I say, the business side of it is equal for everybody to get in. If Nova Scotia comes to the Briar or the Scotties or PEI and they suck, but all their fans come and the Nova Scotias are wearing their their rain hats they wear and Northern Slippers, Ontario's yeah. coming with their moose calls and yeah, yeah, yeah. Northwest territories are coming with their polar powers. Like guys, it's the best. Yeah. They know they're there for a short period of time. They, I don't think their goal is to get there and win, but they get to experience the Briar and the Scotties. They get to come play against the best teams in Canada on TV in a sold out barn. And if I, as one of the top guys that can win it, have to sacrifice dummying a couple club teams throughout the week to play in those scenarios to get the most calls. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all in. <laughs> like we play in grand slams yeah. where we play the top 16 teams in the world. Yeah. There's only five Canadian teams in those. Yeah. And it's American, Sweden, Scotland, yada, yada. Yeah. And we, we battle the top. Those are hard events. Like you never get a break. I don't mind yeah. Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon, with the briar <laughs> going, huh, I'm going to sleep through this one. Yeah. You know, like leaning a lot of energy towards the end of the week. Yeah. And um, it is what it is, but it, it's good for the business of our sport. It's not, it's not best on best for Canadian championship. Some things you got to kind of look a little give and take. I'm a little more easy going with my with my old age and knowledge in yeah. the sport now. And so when did when did the wild cards start happening? Because that's a way that you can again expand the field, bring more teams in, bring more revenue in, but also again, it it allows for better teams to get together. Like thinking about winning Alberta versus winning UConn. I mean, it's not even close. There'd be five teams in Alberta, probably better than the best team in a lot of provinces in this country. Um, just throwing out numbers. So when the wild card helps alleviate that, what, yeah. what do you think? Well, it was a COVID thing. Like all the Bush league shit that COVID did to everybody was, mm -hmm. you know, brutal and businesses, et cetera. But you know, a couple small positives maybe that came out of it. One, I guess was the curling, uh, the wild card. Yeah. Wild card. So basically what happened was they used to have one team from Northwest territories, Yukon, none of it. Yeah. They had one team from Ontario and they didn't have a team Canada. Yeah. Like, you know what? We need to be equal for everybody. One team from Nunavut, one from Yukon, one from NWT, mm -hmm. one from Northern Ontario, one Ontario, and Team Canada. Yeah. I'm like, well, us, Cooey, Martin, you know, Dunstone, like, we're all playing out of the same provinces where these knee sliders get to go play at the Canadian Championships, <laughs> and the best teams in the world aren't going to be there. Knee sliders. So, so Curling Canada said, okay, well, we're going to have wild card entries where the top three teams on points throughout the season that don't get in. Yeah get an opportunity to play for Canadian championship. And now there's only been, there's been three mm -hmm. so far. The wildcard teams have got 
Second, first, and third. Yeah. The Wildcard teams are great. It has to be done. They're the best teams. It's great. Like in Ontario, or sorry, in Manitoba, women's is like Jen Jones, Carrie Anderson, Caitlin Loss. Four of the top six teams in Canada all are in Winnipeg. Have to do it. Yeah. So anyway, it's good for the sport. Well, and it's and like you say, like now there's there's more juicy matchups at the Briar. There's oh, yeah. more juicy matchups at the Scotty. Like the Scotties, it makes sense to do it. Yeah. Way. If you want to talk about blowouts, if they didn't have wild cards, yeah, and then, they had three top teams, that that would be yeah. a bad scene. But no, they've done a good job. What's the rivalry like? Because I, I there's got to be, and it's just like in anything in, in your workplace or whatever. But how are there teams? Do you, do you hate some guys? Is there some ranks that you just can't stand? I, I just remember. I, Guys hated Randy Furby, and they, they, they just guys are. Who, who is the who is the is asshole? The is asshole rink. <laughs> yeah. Is it you guys? I don't. Think, no, I'm not. I'm not an asshole like mean to people. I would say rivalry is 100. percent Hate like I don't fucking hate is deep. Yeah, I don't a know. Strong if like, dislike. Yeah, yeah I hate, mean, hate's harsh. You know, like sure. we we know these guys so good. You play on tour. It's like golf. You know, same guys every single weekend playing for the money. And rivalry is based off wins and losses. To have a rivalry, you have to win some and lose some. It can't be the same team winning yeah, all yeah. the time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some teams I, I love beating. You know, to be honest with you, it's the, it's the best teams. Mm-hmm. I don't get excited out of beating New Brunswick. Yeah. Like, Because I wondered if some of that kind of spawned from the dream team trying to bring in high-priced talent. Pay, you know how much they're paying that guy to play for? That whole thing, I think, is a lot where it started. Yeah, I mean, like like in Canada, I want to be Gushu. Yeah. Because he's the dog. And we have, I mean, we, you know, we beat Gushu in the Briar final in 16. He beat us in 17. We beat in the Olympic trials in 18. We beat him in 19. He beat us in 20. We beat them in 21. He beat us in 22, 23. Yeah. See, that's just a good rivalry. So, so, uh, so, yeah. so I don't hate him. I respect him. I want to end him. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Curling, curling yeah. is like, you know, curling is not like none of us play other sports. Like I played university football. I played some, some decent hockey, like a lot of athletes out there that have that, competitive fire. I think it's it, not like we're not shaking hands yeah. and, and hugging and kissing and curling. Like guys, mm-hmm. the guys at the top level are They're really athletes. good, really good athletes. And I think it would that. shock people. Oh, and that's kind, that's kind of part of it because it is so, once you get to that level and it's so competitive and everyone's so good and the margin is so small that, yeah, the, the desire to win and the hatred of losing to him yeah. or them is really, really, because I, I wrote it down. In a, it sounds kind of funny to say, but because it's so good for television, it's mic'd up, the countries and the, the fans are so eclectic and all of that. You could do a F1 yes, the Netflix reality. We've, we've yeah. talked, do you know what I mean? Hey, don't joke about that. You, I'm not week, even joking. Last week at the Briar, they talked about doing a behind-the-scenes doc with six men's and six women's teams and doing a full one to sell them. And I'm like... That'd be great. Because to bring that attention to our sport, we talk about bringing the younger demo yeah. behind the scenes, the rivalries, who you love, who you don't love, you know, the stuff that goes on. Like, there's some great characters in our sport. And but, you, but it needs to be you, seen. Yeah, if you had that, the, the characters and the fan base, and because, and there is that drama, right, which oh, was yeah. what makes good television. You get into the final part. It, it, you're watching every show, like the whole thing. But because the characters are so good, if you got the honesty from the athletes, where it's like I can't stand that. Oh yeah, it would it would really work. I think the women would be hilarious because they you know know all the females in our sport and they're, yeah, they're wicked athletes, great. But like them and us, they're all working. Like the guys are kind of like like this. Is how I feel right now, I think I could curl with anybody if we would win. Yeah, like I could be like sure. I fucking hate, I hate playing that guy. 
God, he, Brad Marchand, but I really want to have him on my goddamn team. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, God, I would love to play with him because he's so damn good. <laughs> the, the, the women would not go for that. You know, like they, they're in their sport. They, you know, they, there's some good rivalries there too. So if they did both sides, mm-hmm. they, you know, we'd have to come out of our shell a little bit and, and be a little honest, which I don't have a problem being honest. I could be pretty does honest. Sound like it, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, it would be great. I would, I'd love to see it. But like you say, hey, you, know, you know how the world turns. You need some funds for that kind of stuff. I guess see so. What yeah. ha- see what happens. But the, uh, yeah, I, over the years, there's been some great stories that have come from that. And then I, I was going to ask you about it because there was a time there. It felt like there was so much, you know, marriages were being torn apart. These, you know, these, these, these teams are going all over the, all over the country. And it's all of a sudden, oh, I think he's fooling around with her. Well, she's fooling around <laughs> with him. Well, I, it's, I thought she was with him. Like it was, it was some seedy stuff. The old curling circuit. Still is probably. You know, I mean, not you, because you're a fucking great guy. Yeah, you know, I back in back in the day, like when we were firing up in juniors and just getting going. Yeah, drinking and partying and chasing girls and having fun. But like, as, as when I say the game with the Olympics and the money and, the, and stuff coming in, man, it's changed so much. Yeah, we don't even see teams out on the road anymore. Like if we went for a beer at the local hotel, or like there's nobody there. Is that right, eh? So it's it's very now. Hey, has there been some love connections on the tour? Like there's a whole bunch of curlers that are married. I can guess where they met. Yeah, if that's where you're yeah, going, but sure. you know, you'd be you'd be you'd be surprised. It's not uh, it's not the wild west like it used to be. That's for sure. Well, and so you talk about you know the stakes being higher, and that changes everyone's. I totally get that. That yeah. makes sense everywhere. Um, what would an Olympic year, Briar World Championships, Olympic gold like monetarily mean to a team versus second at the Briar, and you don't get to go to the other events? Like oh, wow. financially, that gap. Do you want me to check my deposits from last week? What we got for third? Wow! And I know because I know what the winner got too. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, and, I mean, but it's that to another degree in Olympic year. Like to your point, the stakes are so high, you can't be losing that one percent edge. It might be the difference. Canadian, right? Canadian government for winning the Olympics gives you uh, twenty thousand for gold. I think it's fifteen thousand for silver. Yeah, and 10 well, for bronze. I mean, it's which hey, by the way, right? That's do, what it do is. I got a story. So we win the Olympics two thousand ten. Okay. I'm like 26 years old. This is Vancouver. Vancouver. Living in Regina at the time with my girlfriend. Wasn't exactly like, well, not like I'm a baller now, but I didn't really have any money. Mm-hmm. I got twenty. I got a $20,000 check from the government, like a government check, like the yeah. GST poor person check that I got, right? <laughs> For my kids. Like, fuck, 20 grand. I'm like, well, I don't really want to blow this. I know I'm going to blow this. I want to buy something with it to say I got something with my Olympic money, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I went and bought a brand new truck. And I had at the time like an SUV, traded in, paid fucking cash for a truck. I'm 26. I'm feeling real cool. I got no car payment. I'm Bobby uh, Big Wheeling in Regina, right? Uh, okay, all good. That's in like June. Kind of got my money in May, buy a brand new truck, pay debit for it, feeling like a legit guy. Next year comes along. I get an income tax slip from the government for my check. I owed six grand. Uh, that's right. <laughs> So I'm like, why yeah. didn't they just give me 14 grand? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> just take it at the beginning. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Olymp- Olympics, the money is... Um, It'd be the sponsorship, not yeah, the yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, Geez, if you're an Olympic champion, you're in TV commercials. In the Olympics, you get to wear these hearing loss clinic shirts and they, and they pay you to represent their brand and yeah, wheel around exactly. and you know, be a spokesperson, you know, talk to some kids, do some clinics, do their yeah, golf, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You, know, you know the drill, right? So... That's kind of where the money comes in in our sport. The Briar pays well. If you win the Briar, you, you get a you get a card like a card of the athlete. Yeah. Like no different than like what the skiers, bobsledders, women's hockey team would get. And then there's a there's a cash prize up front. I think if you win the Briar, it's like a hundred grand. Mm. 
So we got, I think we got 40 grand. I got 10, I got 10 grand last week. There you go. Do you know how long 10 grand lasts me in my house with my kids? Not long. Sports? Nope. I would say probably three weeks. Maybe? Well, you were talking about groceries earlier. That, that's Christ. about a month of groceries. I'm going, it's my, hey, boys, it's my birthday tomorrow. I was going to say, we got some. So my, 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 my mom and dad asked me what I'm doing for my birthday tomorrow. I said, well, I'm taking my kids to Edmonton. We're going to the West Edmonton Mall. Got a theme room. Oh, nice. I didn't get a theme room for me, or I wouldn't have my kids there. It'd be me and my wife with a theme room. So, <laughs> so it's me and my kids in a got in bunk beds in a theme room. We're going to the Oiler game with Botch, Brandon Botcher and mm-hmm. his son are coming, a couple of the dads off the team. And then I got a hockey tournament in Sherwood Park for my kids. So I said, for my birthday, I think I'm spending about 1500 on my kids. How, <laughs> yeah. How's that? There you go. So Did now I'm down to, now yeah. I'm down 8500 from the Briar. <laughs> Okay, like, it's not. Uh, They're going to tax not, that too. Just a heads up. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not. Uh, I'm not retiring anytime soon after Curlin's done. If you guys were curious, no, I that's what you're wondering. No, it's. I was going to say we got. Uh, I told Jared. I said uh, the the boy is having a birthday tomorrow. Oh yeah, and he's turning forty. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was going to say you, you doing stuff more for your kids, less for you. It's like that's uh, welcome to your forties. Wait, wait, good to see goes. you. Welcome to good. the. Welcome to the friggin' club. <laughs> I know, I get it, I get it. So you you really, so what What did you say, 43, 46? Like, no, I want to play one more, I want to play one more Olympic run. Like This yeah. is my first year of the quad, I'm going to play three more. And I've, I've been pretty open to saying I think I'm going to be done. I need, I, I need one of these young leads to just... To beat you. Yeah, be better than me. Okay. I just... I'm not going to pretend like they're there but yet. But you know I what? Just no, can't, listen, so. it's not bragging when it's true. Yeah, like you're still the best at your position. How do you walk away? Yeah, yeah it's a, and it's not like I and I don't want to quit either, guys. Yeah. Like, hey, I have a real job. I know what that's about. Yeah, yeah. Not, not not as deadly. So you know, if I can continue to play at a high level, I just don't have it in me to do the end of the career being terrible thing because I'm too much of a psychopath and I will go crazy <laughs> doing that. So if, if I can't be good, like I, I just got to exit stage left, which yeah, yeah. I'm going to have some good opportunities in the sport to stay in curling. I, you know, I do, I would love to potentially get into some broadcasting with TSN or sports and, and call some of the games and, you know, give some of my knowledge and, and knowing the players, I think I could bring some value there. Like so many things I could do after in the sport, which I do want to do. And I mean, it's not easy. It's, it's not like playing the games is not hard for me. The games to go out and play the games and, Playing in front of 11,000 at the Briar, guys, like, awesome. it's a joke. It's like, this is like, I, I live here every, sing, every single day at the Glencoe for two hours, crushing my knees and shoulders, practicing so that when I get there, I can play good. <laughs> That's fucking hard. I was going to ask you. That is hard. Because you're at this level, and to stay at that level, it doesn't mm-hmm. just happen. No. What's, what's a week, in November, December, January, during the season, what does a regular week look like for you? Well, before I got here today, I was at the Cairo and my massage therapist getting my shoulder fixed from the Briar. You know, like that's kind of what happens. You play 13 games in nine days, your 10 end games and battles. But no, no, normally we're practicing four or five days a week and the days you're not on the ice, you're in the gym. Mm -hmm. Like my young teammates, they'll work out, throw rocks, same day, no problem. I'm like, yeah, okay, good luck guys. (laughs) See you later. I'm I'm like, uh, I take LeBron James load management days big time. Okay. My other two teammates are 30 and they're like, Oh, we're practicing for two hours today. I'm like, See who, who's we? Yeah. <laughs> I got that. I got my quota and I'll be make sure I'm ready for the game. Yeah. So it just changes with that, but you got to work a little smarter. It yeah. sounds like all sports, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so the 2026 Winter Olympics are in Milano Cortina. This is Italy. So this, this is the, you've given yourself the window here. That is the next Winter Olympics to come. 
And that is, uh, that's the holy grail for you at this point, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'd, hey, I'd, I would love to win a couple more Briars or a Briar and some slams along the way. You know, I certainly don't want to end my career with it because the guys, the team I'm on now is not built for win second and third and fourth places. That's not why we put the team together. Like, right, we yeah. want to win. So yep. love to win a Briar or two. Certainly I'd love to go back to another Olympics and give that another shot. But mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of my window I've given myself where I know I can compete and the body can stay sharp and still do well and, I'll just say we'll see after that. Like, I, I don't really know. My guys, they're not going to cut me. <laughs> My guys, here's the deal. I'm not cuttable. So if you want me, if you, if you want me to leave. You got to say something I'm, really I'm, dumb I'm, on this show if you're yeah, going to get cut. I'm quitting. I'm quitting before you cut me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but if they wanted me to keep playing and I was playing good, like I would, I would consider. If we, if we went to the Olympics and we were the Olympic team, mm-hmm. I ain't Then you got to come back. I'm, do victory I'm doing lap. a victory lap. Yeah. Hey, I'll show you the patch that year. Yeah, if yeah. we're doing a victory lap, oh, <laughs> I will turn the clock back. But that's, that's uh, that might be the only way I'm doing it. Yeah. So you, you mentioned broadcasting. I mean, clearly it's it's something that's been on your radar for a long time. You did the podcast with uh, with Bo Levi Mitchell. T- trickier when he's in uh, in Hamilton, but we, we do a podcast with a guy in Buffalo, so it can be done. Not far from Hamilton. I know yeah, this yeah. is possible. Maybe yeah. we could do, you know, they'll be in one studio. We'll just kind of do it all in one fell swoop kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, well, one, you guys do such a great job and we're not pros at that. Like we do it for fun. It was, it was amazing to do. We get to meet some cool people. To be honest with you, it was more of a learning experience than anything else for us. Like you're sitting behind the mic on this side, yeah, yeah. you know, the production and everything that happens here and you know, the sponsors, the business side of it, man, it's a, it's your job, right? Yeah. And guess what? And guess what? <laughs> yeah. We did it for fun and it, it turned into a bit of a job. Yeah. There's a lot of work. And to do a good job now, we had uh, we had some great success with it, to be honest with you. The numbers we did were great in the podcast world. The guests we got were amazing. Me and Bo loved it. I still, when I go to the Briar this week, people in Ontario, when are you bringing the podcast back? Yeah. Like, when Bo was at the Grey Cup, he got the same shit. But yeah. um, we got to figure it out. Like, it's not it's not easy to do when you're playing. Like, I'm playing, yeah. we play, we play different seasons. Mm-hmm. The reason, we had an opportunity to, to renew year two uh, with Uninterrupted out, out of Toronto. And basically, it came down to us selling some sponsors and putting in a little more time. And I just, I was actually the one that bailed. Bo wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah, because I fucking do everything. That's why Bo wanted to do it. Weird. So I'm like, and yeah. I, and a I former, was, right? Weird how that right? works. No. Yeah. CFL quarterback, curling lead. I'm doing all the damn work, yeah. right? But I just didn't really have the time to do it. And I was super busy getting going with my new team, uh, you know, doing our partner deals, our sponsorships, getting going. But now that he's, you know, he's going to be in Hamilton and he's settled and we're here with my new team after year one. You know, we, he actually already called me when, when he signed there and we've had some discussions about potentially bringing it back, you yeah. know, similar to, you know, once every couple of weeks, lifestyle pod, talk about some sports, talk about the CFL curling, all the jazz, mm-hmm. you know, dabble in the gambling world, which we did last time, which was a lot of fun, but stars would have to align. It would have to be a reasonable deal for us to do it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly on the table. He's brought it up. I don't want to be, Hey, yeah. I don't want to be in competition with you guys. You're, you're too smooth. You're too pro. You're too pro. You're, good. Pro. you're good. But you know, you, you're not wrong. If you want to, if you want to do it relatively well, it's you have to work at it. Oh yeah, it doesn't just put itself together. And I think <laughs> people think you just sit down and crack the mics and oh, away God. you go. We had we had the exact same setup as this, fancy as hell. We had a producer, editor, sound guys. Like me and Bo, if we did our own show, the two of us, it would last about a week. Yeah, maybe maybe ten days. Yeah, like we had a full team doing it for us. They did a great job. And so there's something like that again that popped up, and we had an opportunity to make some money. And to be honest with you, whoever hosts it, like they're gonna make some money. It's business. It's a job. Yeah. So if there was an opportunity for that, we would certainly consider it. So we'll see. So take us back to last year. You talk about seasons not 
you know, aligned and, you know, you both have other jobs. I feel like it would probably have been some hmm, candid comments with, with you and Bo about like, should we keep doing this when he's the star quarterback in Calgary that does get benched and the stamps move along and we can all see like the grains of sand and Bo Levi Mitchell stampede hourglass. There's not many left. Like you don't want to be a distraction for your team. You in curling season, Bo in football season. Like you, that's a tight wire you had to walk last year. Yeah, well, you know, we had – it just so happened when our one year was up, we decided to take a break when he went down because he went south for the winter. Okay. So when he came back, it was his last year of his contract. We knew that. I knew Jake was breathing down his neck, and he knew it too. Like, it was he was comfortable saying, like, I got to have a good year. And yeah. he basically went into camp that year thinking, I'm going to have to earn the job. Yeah. And he outplayed Jake and got the job. It's a whole different story. I think he got – I think he got – Raw end of the deal last year. I think you saw it at the end of the year. What happened? Like, you know, yeah. long that's that's a different time. But we got to it and renewing when after he got you know benched, we had decided prior to that we weren't going to do it. And more so, well, I decided I didn't want to do the business side of it. And then right. I, as his buddy, I was like, you know, big year for you. Yeah, you know, focusing because if because if you do good in the football and I do good in the curling, this shit's always going to be there for us. Yeah. yeah. Like we can do this and do like not a lot of athletes that do it while they're currently playing, right? Yeah, a lot of them that do it afterwards. But then you're in a then you're in a, a cluttered space with a whole bunch of retired athletes that are doing it. I thought the unique thing with me and Bo was we were still playing. We still had that unique, you know, connection as buddies in different sports, and we had a different perspective to bring because we were still competing. And I just didn't think that uh, with him having to earn his job and earn to stay here, it was a good yeah. time for him to do it. And he still thought he wanted to do it, but I just said no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in the end, it worked out for him. He got a good deal in Hamilton, and uh, I, I would, I'd like to do the show. We literally, this is a weird, I was here, but he, we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. So I got a whole bunch of things running through my head, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if it works out. It's a weird spot when, you, when you're that athlete, I'm guessing, but you're, you're the athlete and you're beloved, and then there's that little kind of window near the end. Where you know some fans start to turn on you, and you learn who's on your side and not, and then you don't really want to be in public because it's a tough. And then all of a sudden, once it's over and you move on, everybody loves you again, and you know you're renowned. He has one of the greatest guys ever, and that's what it will be for Bo, right? It's he's he's the greatest quarterback to play for the team, and no one will forget that, and he will never you know never buy a drink in town again, that sort of yeah. thing. But it is hard. It's kind of the, it's the other side of sports with with fans, and especially now, you go on social media or whatever, and they'll love you one week, and you lose one game, you have one bad throw, and it's over. So I, I yeah. think it would be it would be it would be tough as an athlete to, to have that sense of worth, how quickly you can go from being the man to just. We, we don't want to see, why are you still here? Yeah. Well, and that's why I even say about the curling, like why I want to be done at 42. I just, I just already know I could be very, very dominant at 42. And I wouldn't want to go out like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bo wanted to go out like that either. And mm-hmm. for the people that don't know, like, you know, he's my buddy. I don't look at him as the quarterback. We're friends. And mm-hmm. he didn't lose his job because Jake was better than Bo. Like, look at the goddamn tape. Just Bo, Bo, Bo was, wasn't at Bo's level. Yeah, and it wasn't even that. I, I don't even think it was that. Like, I think if you look back at last year, Bo's a better quarterback. He's a better quarterback today. He's not a better quarterback in five years' time, mm-hmm. and they went for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the business of sport. Like, look at, look at these guys that uh, are in the NHL on the fourth line that want to make $2.7 million. 
there's a guy in the A that can come up on an entry level contract and make 900k who does the job just as good. Still developing them. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think you saw at the end of last year, Bo went in the playoffs and lit it up, and everyone's yep. like, "Oh my god!" It's like, well, they didn't. They didn't. They weren't. They weren't going that route. You know, so he got a little bit of a bad. You know, thinking he got benched because he wasn't playing good. I don't. I don't. I don't think that was the case. Yeah. No. Who's the better golfer? I know you guys like to get out there and it's mix not, it up. It's not close. It's me. I see the way he's scratching <laughs> yeah. his back. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. I, you know, you're patting yourself no. in the back, or is yeah. that the H? What's going on? Here? No, we play a lot of golf together. We played uh, men's night just in Chester. Actually, how we originally met was during COVID when his season got canceled. Yeah. He never played a bunch of courses in Calgary, and I'm like, buddy, let's go. Let's I got go. some. I got some digits in my phone. We're gonna call some peeps. We played everywhere. Played the country club. Played. The I'll tell him Bowley. Played the Glencoe. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, fuck. I went out with him and Geo. Where do we go? We went to. We went to Carmony. We went to Heritage. Yeah. We went to Canyon. Yeah. And uh, we were doing some stuff with ATB and John and kind of, we were all ambassadors at the time. And I'm like, let's go play. And so we go there and they comp us. And to, hey, let's be clear. When I go to these places with me, I'm like, they're not comping me. I'm paying my hundred bucks. But (laughs) but, hey, getting on a private course, fuck, I'm jacked. We go with the boys, Mm -hmm. they're comped. So we, I think we went to Heritage and did it. We had a fun time, had some beers, went to Carmen, went to Canyon Meadows. We finally get to Canyon and Gio goes, holy shit. All you got to do is play golf with Benny Heaps and you're comped. I'm like, oh, fuck, you dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, hey, guys, not because of me, but I like yeah. the company I'm in right now. No, you're right, Gio. That's exactly right? how it works. It's funny. So, the more uh, money you make, the less you have to buy oh, beer and yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem fair. Yeah, but uh, you know, we had a fun little summer teeing it up. And he, he's actually a pretty good golfer, Bo. We got a deal with uh, Cobra Puma in town. Yeah. Teed up. We got, went and got fitted a few weeks ago. So, yeah, he hits it. He hits it 350, 360. He's really? Eh? Very deep. She, Erratic. She, she ain't always straight. Yeah. So, but I clip them, but uh, we have some good battles. <laughs> so, I mean, enjoy enjoy your birthday. How do you feel about turning 40? I feel great, man. Yeah. My wife, someone's like, I don't know. I, how did I feel about turning 37? 30, yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. I, I felt like because like of curling and sweeping and like getting after it and my body being broke for like the last 10 years. Like, how can it be more broke? I've been, fuck, I've been, I've yeah. been, my shoulder's been ruined since I've been like 28. It's like now it just, I get a little more treatment and I'm, I'm back to equally sore. Yeah. I feel great. I'm good to go. <laughs> really sore. I feel great. Yeah. Wow. It's just, just, like like it's just like normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Well, thanks for coming in, man. It's good to see you. We, I know we've been talking about doing this for, for months. So I'm glad that it finally kind of worked out. And, you know what? Uh, Flames lose. Slow, slow news week. You bring me in. I like Dude, that. Dude, huge news week. Briar just wrapped I up. I like that. Oh, the studio, studio's 40. looking tight. Studio's looking tight. Show's good, by we the way. We need a three shot or a wide There's shot. There's been a lot say. of things moving around. Looks There's, good. You know, Jared and Princey and everybody. Yeah. You never know. You come in here. Oh, okay. Couches are over there. We got some TVs over here. That sort of thing. But I've heard of, I've heard a few people around. Uh, I actually had a... Someone put it on Instagram this morning. Mm-hmm. My phone is blowing up. Holy fuck, you're Hollywood. You're on the big show today. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Here we go. So, yeah, there you get, people are people are listening. They like the show. Oh, thank you are doing for good. That. That's awesome. And congrats on, on your success, man. It's, uh, again, like I said, it's to be at that level for that long, you got to feel awfully great. And I, obviously, you, you, you're oozing confidence. And I know you're kind of being you know, tongue-in-cheek yeah, and I'm playing joking. with it. But, um to, to feel like and to be one of the best, if not the best in the world at what you do has got to be so satisfying. Congrats on that. And just you, and like you say, until someone, to be the man, you got to beat the man, as Ric Flair would say. 
And until that happens, you're the man. So we uh, appreciate that. We appreciate having you. And best of luck. You said the two big events left. Toronto, and then you said one more in Toronto and Regina. So you're you're going to the big city, and then you're going home. I love it. And we're teeing it up. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Benny. See you this offseason. Let's go. Right on. Benny Bear. Good guy. Not not a D-level celebrity. Not a D-level. In the patch? We're no. talking oh, well, A+. There, yeah. plus. It's like yeah. Bragelina all drammed together. You need sec- uh, security to, good get, luck. to get there. A C- couple George things before we, uh, before we run. We'll get, we'll get to our okay. Betway bets of the day. Yep. Uh, a reminder, that coming up, we are going to have our playoff draft, the inaugural yes. Barnburner playoff draft at Grey Eagle Casino on the 14th of April, which, as you uh, mentioned earlier, Oddly enough, right before the playoffs. Perfect starts. timing. Playoffs announced yesterday. We'll start on the, the, the 17th, the Monday. We're going to do the draft on the Friday. It's as though we... Uh, it's like we can do the draft, yeah. have a two-day hangover, huh. and be ready for playoff hockey on Monday. It's perfect. We will have the teams going on sale, <clears throat> excuse me, very quickly, in support of Kids Sport, as you see there. Kevin Webster and the guys and girls at Kids Sport are going to be helping us out with that. So awesome. Really looking forward to getting some people together, having the podium set up, the draft tables. It's going to be a it's good nothing one. like it. Yeah. Because everyone has a fantasy league or has been in a pool, but I would suggest that 99% of the people watching this show have never had lanyards and tables and been like a real draft. Yeah, milling the, the about. table. And the it's like, oh, buzzing. look, here's Brian Burke's going over to talk to Brian Murray. All the, it's, it's the Jared Cowan, uh, Nazem Kadri conversation. Oh, Treliving's got, Dubis has got two phones. That's I mean, right. it's going to be unbelievable. I can't wait. It's a real draft floor. We'll have the details coming up. Today is what, Wednesday. So we'll know, we'll have stuff here, but we just want to keep it in the front of your mind and tell you that it is coming. And we expect, uh, you know, fingers crossed, but we expect that it's going to be a sold out event. So we're looking forward to getting and that going. Contact the Wolverine. If you have any ideas, <laughs> yeah. If you would like sponsorship, uh, we'll splash your name opportunity. Call the uh, You can get a hold of Jarrod at thenationnetwork.com. Tomorrow being Thursday, I'm not sure what we're going to do with Rhett, but we have asked Rhett for Hope Street. Uh. Maybe he can wedge a 10 or 15 minute part of his morning for us. That'd be awfully good of him. If he well, and he was kind of lukewarm on Friday. It sounded like, yes, tomorrow's a no. So maybe yeah. that gets moved. But mm-hmm. I think uh, we'll just have to get a hold of him in Nashville, which shouldn't be hard at all. There's the email, askret at flamesnation.ca. Every Thursday, we, uh, we bring your questions to the man himself. Askret at flamesnation.ca. Presentation of Hope Street Rental Property Management. And we will uh, put a bow on things today with our Betway bets of the day. There are four games in the NHL tonight. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, what's that noise all about? I'm not sure. I, I, the Wild and the Blues, they have the over-under set at six and a half. I'm going to take the under. It's not, a huge, for the wild. it's not a huge pay, but I just wonder if that one's tighter than six and a half. So I'll play a lot of tight hockey. I'm just going to sp- just sprinkle a little bit there. Okay. And it's Buffalo at Washington. Washington's not exactly super tight defensively. Mm. I'm just going to go back to the well. An anytime goal for Tage Thompson is plus money. I'm going to go there. Plus 135 for a anytime goal for Tage Thompson, who has uh, scored a few goals this year. So that's how Jeez. we're going today with my Betway bets. Don't mind that at all. I'm going to focus in on uh, well two not boring teams, two offensively talented teams, and two teams that I think have Stanley Cup aspirations. It's the Leafs hosting the Avalanche, who, of course, won the whole thing last year. Wee Willie Nylander with a gorgeous goal late against Buffalo kept his point streak intact. I'm going two points, paying one... 55 
and Kael McCarr's back looking like Kael McCarr, which is horrible news for 31 other teams in the NHL. Two points for McCarr in the center of the universe. That pays plus 200. Those are the Betway bets of the day. Get that app on your phone. Play along. B19. All of that sort of stuff. We thank Betway for being a part of what we do here. And uh, we thank you for being a part of what we do here. Big thanks to Benny Heebs coming in. And uh, yeah, if you've got some curling pals in your life, (laughs) share it. Let's go. go. We'll uh, we'll be back with the Thursday show tomorrow. And subscribe and like and subscribe. And Oilers suck. And we'll see you tomorrow, buddy. That's what Rabbit said. That's Barber. Oilers suck. There it is. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, Alex.